It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Well, hey there to our Elevate family. Great to have you with us today for our online experience. And today we're launching a brand new series. I'm very excited about this. I mean, I'm excited about every series we teach. We don't just kind of just throw anything out there. In fact, the goal of our teaching is very simply stated as being helpful. Uh, Our commitment is to choose topics that are practical, to communicate them in a way that's understandable and you can take them and put them into practice. Uh, And this series is especially one of those. It's called Don't Take the Bait. It sounds a bit cryptic. It'll become clear to you in the next 20 minutes. What I want to do, though, is I want to jump straight into something that Jesus said. Uh, to really tee off this series. Now, Jesus was, you know, he's the son of God. And when he taught, when he spoke, uh, and we get to read much of what he said, a lot of it is incredibly like, you read it and you say, wow, like just, I didn't know that. I, I, I had never considered that before. This is, this is just so revolutionary. However, and this, I'm aware, may sound a little blasphemous, but occasionally Jesus said something that when we read it today, we're like, uh, duh. Uh, it's, it's like he's just kind of stated the obvious. Well, I want to jump into something that Luke recorded Jesus as having said to his followers. Uh, so that's one of those duh moments. And this is what Jesus said at one point in his life to his disciples. He said, then he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. In life, it's impossible that people won't say or do things that come across as offensive. Again, it's like, well, duh, because we already know that. We know that because we've got a list in our rearview mirror of people that have said or done things aimed at us or in our general direction that have been offenses. I mean, come on. Can I ask you, have you ever had somebody say or do something to you that was offensive? Uh, A spouse? Awkward. Family member, a colleague, something that somebody posted on social media that was aimed at you, uh, that came across as offensive. Next question, if that has happened to you, and I'm pretty sure it has, did you take offense? So now these are two separate things. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Somebody did or said something offensive. Did you take offense? And my third question, just to set this series up, and how important this is and why we're actually teaching this series is the question, are you still holding on to that offense that happened last week, last year, last decade? See, Jesus, when he used the word offense, it's impossible that no offense should come. This word that he used, 
offense literally translates as the bait that triggers a trap to close when an animal touches it. And this is not an obscure reference. We get this. I mean, we understand baits in our, even in our kind of 21st century. Well, we've got things like fly traps. We've got things like mouse traps. We're familiar with those and have been for decades. Uh, however, they're not really harmful to humans, certainly not life-threatening. The sort of trap and the sort of thing that Jesus was referring to would be more akin to a bear trap. Now, uh, I was going to bring in a bear trap for a live demonstration, but fortunately, uh, they're illegal. Uh, so here's a picture. But, you know, this is a bear trap. Now, whether you've seen one in the wild or, or seen one on a Nat Geo doco, whatever it is, the reality is this, is this sort of trap is open and bait is put on the inside section with the goal to lure the bear towards the bait and ultimately have that bear reach in and try to take the bait. But when the bear takes the bait, the trap is triggered and the bear gets stuck. And this is one of the approaches one of the weapons that the devil uses against us. Uh, and I would go so far as to say not only is it a weapon that the devil uses against us, that, that, but that's actually of all the ways that he tries to limit or destroy us, the trap of offense may be his most hidden weapon his least obvious weapon, especially because we think that, well, we can agree that Jesus was right, that offenses will come. But too many people have a misguided uh, notion of how we ought to respond when offenses come. And so this series is all about teaching us and equipping us and putting tools in our hands so that we can be better equipped to respond in a healthy way when things are said and done towards us that are offensive. Because the, the devil, if we try to take the bait that he's luring us into, temporarily it will limit us, that we'll get stuck in the trap and we can't keep moving forward, forward to the things that God's called us, forward to following Jesus in a healthy and effective way. And ultimately, if we stay stuck in that trap of offense, like the bear stuck in that trap, will ultimately, it will destroy us. And so I hope that over the course of this series, that if, you, if you're stuck right now, that God is going to use this series to help you get free, to help you get unstuck, to help you uh, move beyond, move forward. If you're not stuck, then I hope this series is going to be all about helping you stay unstuck, stay free, prevent getting caught in the trap in the first place. Because this is the, the truth of the matter. Avoiding offense is impossible. We agree with Jesus on that one. But taking offense, 
not the same thing. These are two separate things. Having offense inbound and taking offense are two separate things. And avoiding offense is impossible, but taking offense is a choice. So we're going to develop a toolkit, or as Liam Neeson said repeatedly in Taken 1, Taken 2, Taken 3, is there a fourth? It's just a matter of time, I'm sure. That we can develop a very particular set of skills. And the reality is, when it comes to responding in a healthy way to offensive things inbound, uh, too many people haven't developed a very particular set of skills. A few weeks ago, a friend of mine who works in secondary education was sharing a story about how one of their sporting teams from their school uh, was at a a sporting venue um, playing the sport against a visiting team. And how that visiting team, as they were leaving the venue to go and get back on their bus to go back to their school, started taunting the, the students from my friend's school, taunting them with adult language that I won't repeat here, uh, offering uh, various types of hand and finger gestures that I will not demonstrate here. And initially, my friend's students started to react, started to yell back, started to actually move towards this opposing team. And my friend stood in front of them and said, no, this is not how we respond. We are better than this. Stay where you are. Do not say anything. Do not respond. You're better than this. And she thought it was problem solved because she's been building the culture into the students. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's right. Thanks for the reminder. Yep. Okay. We are better than this. A split second later, a mom from my friend's school, uh, let's call her Karen, she lit up at my friend and was like, that's not right. That's not fair. The kids should be allowed to respond. The kids should be able to get their revenge. I mean, those other people deserve it. What they're doing is offensive. And my friend's saying to Karen, listen, Our kids don't respond the way you wanted them to. They're better than this. And Karen's like, well, that's just not right. And that's it. And my friend says, listen, Karen, if you want to respond that way to those visiting school students, that's your decision. But our decision is that we're not going to engage that way. We're better than this. And you've probably noticed that we're not only living in a pandemic, we're also living in a carandemic. We're living in a culture where too many people have not developed the skills, the toolkit to respond in a healthy way to inbound offensive behavior. And so we're going to get into that. But before we do, I think it's actually uh, important that we set ourselves up as followers of Jesus to be people who are less likely to be the offenders, to be the ones who offer up 
offensive things and say offensive things. So let me just cover this off first before we get onto the other side of the coin about how to respond to inbound offense. And this is about us as followers of Jesus loving our neighbor. You know, we've got people in our sphere who aren't good at responding to offensive behavior. How about if we were the ones that reduced the likelihood of being the offenders? That's a way to love our neighbor. It's also a way to build trust and to build influence that you're not that guy in their world. You're not that girl in their world. In fact, you're the opposite. You're the one that your words and your actions aren't offensive. They're actually encouraging and empowering. So here's a checklist that I use and recommend before you speak or act, try asking these questions. Number one, do I need to have an opinion on this? Now, listen carefully. I said, do I need to even have an opinion? I'm not talking about do I need to share an opinion, which some people think is inevitable. You have to share it. No, I'm actually just taking a step back. Is this something I even need to have an opinion on? Is this even something I need to, to, to give bandwidth to, to even have an opinion? If it doesn't affect me, if I can't be a positive agent of change in, in this, I, I, probably I should just, maybe I'm just going to sit on the sidelines. So that's question number one. Do I need to have an opinion on this? If you think maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I do need to give this some consideration. Okay. Question number two. Do I need to share an opinion on this? Question number three. Before I share an opinion, if I'm thinking maybe, maybe I do, because maybe I can be an agent of change, positive change, Uh, have I built the sort of platform of trust with the person that I am considering sharing my opinion with that's going to have them receive me as an ally and not a combatant? Question number four, what's my objective? Do I just want to prove something, show how clever I am, place more importance on being right than being right with the person? Uh, is this solu- Am I solution-oriented? Um, am I going in with, like, hey, I think that something can be improved here, and so I want to put that on the table? In question number five, if you've kind of said yes to the first four, all of them, uh, is have I given consideration to my approach? Because you can have the best intentions. You can have checked all the first four boxes and yet you can still detonate what you are trying to achieve by approaching things in an offensive way, by using the sort of language that comes across as combative and offensive. And so this is this whole thing. We're going to talk about developing a toolkit for responding well to inbound offense. We also have the opportunity, and it's vital to develop a toolkit for offering up uh, feedback, areas for improvement, uh, uncovering potential blind spots uh, in a way that's actually going to build trust and not erode it. 
So all I want to do today is just look at a very simple, well, simply described at least, simple trick that Solomon, King Solomon, one of the wisest people that ever lived, that he taught and teaches about how we can avoid taking the bait and getting stuck in the trap of offense just in, in, in the small stuff, what the judicial system might call minor offenses. Things like, you know, someone offered up an offhanded comment. And yeah, they probably shouldn't have. And yeah, it was in a bit poor taste or it was, it was ill-considered. But in the bigger scheme of things, it probably wasn't fatal. Minor offense. You know, maybe someone ghosted you, didn't get back to you in real life or online with a question you asked or, hey, you want to meet up for coffee or... Can you come to my event? Probably a minor offense. Or someone disappointed you. You know, like, okay, it's not cool. We don't like it. But in the grand scheme of things, in the eternal scheme of things, it was probably more of a minor offense than a fatal offense. So here's something that Solomon offers up as instruction to dealing with, in a healthy way, minor offenses. And he wrote this, a person's wisdom yields patience. It's to one's glory to overlook an offense. So here's a couple of immediate takeaways from what Solomon said, that number one, it's only wise people that overlook an offense. And, and I think you know this. I think you know this because in your sphere, you likely have some people who struggle to overlook an offense, and then you likely have some other people that find it very easy to overlook an offense. And I would hazard a guess that it's typically the wiser ones that are the ones that say, that's just not worth it. It's just not worth my bandwidth. It's not worth my emotional energy, my time. My Wise people overlook an offense. The other thing that Solomon says here is that it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. That as we choose to overlook an offense, it actually makes us shine. It makes us brilliant. It makes us magnificent. It sets us apart from people that choose to live at a very low altitude. And this word overlook, Solomon wrote, it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. This word overlook literally translates as to step over. It identifies that we have a choice. It recognizes that there's bait, an offense. It recognizes that the purpose of that bait is to trigger a trap. And it recognizes that we don't have to take the bait we can step over it, step over the bait. And in stepping over the bait, we're stepping over the trap and we get to continue to move forward. It's a choice. And the great news is that the more you do it, the easier it becomes. It, it becomes you. It becomes your default. You, you start to, 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 to experience the benefits. And so the next time the same sort of bait gets put in front of you and, and the trap's there for you, you're more likely to think, 
I, uh, I recognize this, and I remember the last time I chose not to take the bait, and boy, I'm glad I did. So I'm going to do that again. A few years ago, I was reading um, an interview with uh, the CEO of Apple. Now, Apple, if you haven't heard of them, they're a small startup tech company in California. Uh, they make a few products, uh, uh, if I'm correct. Uh, the CEO of that company, Tim Cook, was being interviewed just about his life and leadership and perspectives. And one of the questions the interviewer asked him is, you know, how do you deal with the inbound criticism? I mean, you're the largest company on the planet. You've got over a billion users, and I'm sure they, many of them not only have an opinion, but choose to share their opinion with you about how you're doing as the CEO and how you're not as good as Steve Jobs was and all this other stuff. And Tim Cook simply responded to that question, how do you deal, how do you respond to inbound, potentially offensive comments and so on? He said, I'm pretty good at blocking out the noise which I think is another way of saying I'm pretty good at stepping over it. I recognize it. I also recognize how dangerous it is if I, is if, if I grab onto every single bit of, it, of inbound offense and how by doing that, it will prevent me from doing what I'm meant to be doing, leading myself and the company forward. The mum at my fr friend's school, remember her, Karen? She went on to tell my friend that by not responding and coming back, by the way, uh, walking away is actually, stepping over is actually a response. So it's not, anyway. She was suggesting it was weak. Well, here's my question. When the bait is put in front of us, somebody says something or does something offensive, and we understand that if we take the bait, that we're going to get lured and stuck into a trap. The person that chooses to step over it, are they the weak one or the strong one? Are they the one that steps over it? Are they weaker or stronger than the one that gets lured in? This week, I read a story of a gentleman. He had set up at his house uh, this kind of system where when someone rang his doorbell, if he was in the back room of the house, a buzzer would go off that he could hear. Now, that's not uh, unusual. A buzzer would go off in the back room of the house. The problem was that this buzzer was super, super, super loud. And every time it went off, it kind of like startled him. And so he thought the better I approach is to swap the buzzer out with a white. And so he did that himself, DIY job, took the buzzer down, replaced it with a light. And immediately he discovered the problem was that the light, the, 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 the power going to the light made the light barely even visible. So it was essentially useless. And so he called an electrician friend of his in and just explained the situation, explained the problem to him, and his electrician friend said this, and I quote, it takes more power to shine than it does to make noise.
Jesus said that inbound offense is impossible to avoid. It's inevitable. And so I'm not talking about denial. In fact, the very title of this series is all about awareness, that, that it's critical that we're aware that the bait exists. It's critical that we're aware that what, of what happens immediately after should we choose to take the bait. So this isn't about denial. This is, this is saying, hey, my, this person in my sphere said something offensive, did something offensive. No denying it. For the record, judge, it happened. Judge says, yes, I understand. I believe you. And choosing as your response to step over it rather than get lured in and trapped in it. Now, here's my final word for today uh, on this. If somebody is repeatedly saying, someone in your sphere is repeating, repeatedly saying or doing the same kind of thing that just comes across as offensive, I think we have um, like a, an obligation as a friend to bring that to their attention. And again, choose your approach, choose your words. Your objective is for improvement and to, and to build them up, not pull them down. And so you might say to them, hey, listen, you know, if I saw something or if there was something in you that, that I thought was a bit sort of beneath you, that you were like, you're better than this, and, and it, it kind of comes across as a little bit offensive and abrasive. Would you want, you know, would you want me as a, as a friend to bring that to your attention? And look, if they say yes, there's the invitation. And you say, hey, listen, you know, this thing, and I'm not accusing you, I, I'm not questioning your motive. Uh, it may even be a blind spot for you. Uh, but when you say this, or when you do this, either to me or to someone else in our sphere, it, it, I, are you aware that it, it comes across as a little bit offensive? I mean, that's pretty healthy, I think. Uh, now, th they might say, yeah, and I don't care. And if somebody in your sphere is aware and, and just continues on saying or doing offensive things, then, yeah, you might need to reroute your relationship with them, uh, especially if it's highly abusive. And I'm going to take a deeper dive in, into some of the more serious, egregious offences. Today we just kind of skimmed over the minor offence stuff. Uh, step over it. But I, I want to leave us with one piece of homework. As we enter into this series, believing that God's going to set people free and keep people free, here's my, here's my homework question. Is there something that somebody said or somebody did in your past, recent past, distant past, that was offensive, and you took offense because you didn't know that the, the, there was an alternative and better approach. You took offense, and you're still holding on to it. And if you are, can I strongly encourage you, starting today, starting now, that you put that in front of Jesus, and you say, Jesus, I took the bait. I wish I hadn't, and I want you to help me and lead me to a place of freedom for my future.
in Jesus' name. Hey, next week we're going to continue this series. I'm already excited about it and love you to join us. And I'd love you to bring someone with you because this, this topic, this isn't just for Jesus followers. This is for humans. <laughs> and there's a chance that you have someone in your sphere that has taken the bait or does take the bait and we want to help them as well as you. So we'll see you next week and we'll see a friend with you as well. God bless you. Love you guys. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.